Welcome to Terror Talk. Before we start the show today, I wanted to give you a heads up about our Patreon community. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron and join our Discord community, where we watch film together and chat daily. You also have early access to our episodes and a mini-cast that we do exclusively for Patreon members. Also, check out our new website at terrortalkpodcast.com. Follow along as we build it together. Most of all, thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. Welcome. 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 Um, today on the show, we are going to talk about the 2000 movie American Psycho, comedy, crime, drama. Uh, it came out in April of 2000. It was an hour and 41 minutes, which was clipped along for me. I had seen it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the day, like when it first came out, but I did watch it again for this episode and I had some different feelings, but let me just say what it's about for those of you who may have not seen it and may want to. A wealthy New York City investment banking executive, Patrick Bateman, played by Christian Bale, hides his alternate psychopathic ego from his coworkers and friends as he delves deeper into his violent hedonistic fantasies. Yeah. It's a comedy, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he plays the role really well. And I remember it being kind of a breakout American role for him. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i not sure if that's entirely true, but... That or Newsies. Yeah, like, <laughs> right? I think this was probably a yeah, bit bigger at the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's probably accurate. Uh, the novel was written by Brett Easton Ellis, who's written a bunch of different things, and a different person did the screenplay. Her name is Mary Heron. Uh, Justin Thoreau, I forgot he was in this. Josh Lucas. Josh Lucas. Reese yeah. Witherspoon, I forgot. I know. Was. There was, uh, it was so one of those things where it was like, oh, look, all these people are Jared in it. Leto, Willem Dafoe, Chloe mm-hmm. Sevigny. I mean, yeah, Samantha Mathis. I, I thought know. it was funny that they play Pump Up the Volume at one point <laughs> during the movie because she was in that. Yes. Um, the music was That's what fun. I remember her from. Right. That movie. No, the yeah. music was fun, too. Uh, also directed by Mary Heron, who wrote the screenplay. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, female director and written, so that's pretty cool. That's cool, uh, and available for you know rental on Prime at the moment. You know how movies are; they go in and out of being a pay movie or not. But yeah, I when when I was watching it, it was really crazy how uh, how many people, how many famous people were so young in this movie. So I know Reese looks like a kid. Yeah, she sure does. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure she was famous already, but I don't know. She and was. Probably 70. She, I mean, yeah. it was crazy. Reese had already done election. She had already done. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah I, this movie was, uh, I mean, we watched it not that long ago because I know that we had, we've talked about this movie on our show before in a different context, but, mm-hmm. and I had watched it then, but I, every time I watch it, I, I just, I don't know. I pay attention to him a little bit differently. Me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say, I, I was sort of like, oh, I, I'm looking forward to watching this movie and doing this episode. And, and when I watched it, it was kind of like, I didn't enjoy it as much as I did back in the day. And, and maybe that's just because it is so very 2000. Like the movie is very 2000. Mm-hmm. It's got, um, it's just got a, that, kind of campy vibe that was in the 2000s. I mean, even <clears throat> horror films are pretty campy and mm-hmm. f- funny during that time, a lot of them. And maybe it's just the scope of 
what we've, what we talk about, my education, the things that I pay attention to every day in psychology, also how many freaking movies I've watched over the last three to five years, just like way more than prior. Yeah. Um, and, I think I saw this watching in Christian theater. Bale too. Yeah, I think I remember seeing this in the theater actually, and not really thinking it was that great of a movie. Right, kind of being bored by the movie. His performance is fantastic because I he's think that's so what neurotic. carried it for me in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But now, just knowing so much about the psychopathy of different things, like that, that took some of the fun out of it for me. Which you know, sometimes our profession ruins things. <laughs> so I think so. I also think um, it. <laughs> Everyone in the movie is narcissistic except for Chloe Seveny. <laughs> there's no one to like. So there's no one likable except for her. And even with her, it's like, oh, come on. Like, why are you worshiping this guy? You know, um, they're kind of one dimensional. They're very one dimensional. Yeah. And even with, you know, it's if you go online and you look up um, what people perceive his diagnosis to be, it's really interesting. <laughs> I bet. Um, because I have, obviously we have our opinions about it, but um, he's not as deep as people oh, really no. make him no i i mean i i find it yeah agreed uh, understanding that in the book i don't know if it's different or not right yeah. so in the movie it it's um at one point in the very beginning he says i'm simply not there yeah and i you know and just flashing on all of the narcissism and different topics that we talk about with movies and different true crime things like that that's that's a funny line because it's like yeah, yeah that's exactly like people think i'm this and that and this and that but i'm just simply not there like i simply don't mm-hmm. exist which i think is a great way to to put it but then to then project depth onto his character when he very clearly says i'm empty mm-hmm. is what is that like that's just a function of our society wanting to create answers for things that aren't i there, think so I yeah and i think that you know, there's these, uh, I went on just to see what people's opinions were and some people found him to have like borderline traits and, and I disagree with that personally, because I just think people who are more borderline or even, um, you know, co covertly narcissistic are not so aware of the fact that they're lacking an identity. He does and he doesn't care. Yeah. He was very much having the what would maybe be quantified as a narcissistic crisis yeah uh with psychopathic traits with psychopathic traits and i mean he i think the center of his diagnosis is malignant narcissism for sure yeah i mean the things that i mean i'll just i'll just start by listing a few things you know just the um the blunt object of what you see in the movie and again it's a satire so and we're not diagnosing. We're just <laughs> we're just having a discussion, talking about what we saw in the movie. Uh, violent, uh, a bloodlust for sure. It definitely ramps up. Right? They mm-hmm. they have a crescendo of crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, the mask of sanity. He does a, a quite a bit of masking, <laughs> L- literally and figuratively. Exactly. Yeah. He's vain, which is hilarious uh, in many ways. He's vain. He's competitive. He's greedy. Uh, he has a lot of disgust, um, micro and macro, I would say micro and very clearly aggressive, uh, expressions. He does a lot of disgust on mm-hmm. his face. I thought Christian did that really well. Cause that's definitely He's true. A- He's such an asshole. I know. Yeah. Um, and pride. And then at one point, at one point at the end of the movie, he admits to 
I ate some of their brains. <laughs> and I'm just like, where did that come yeah. from? And maybe, again, maybe that's more amplified in the book or something. Maybe yeah. there's scenes where he actually does it. But then the movie, you don't see any of that. Yeah. And then in his like big confession that doesn't ended up, end up being accepted by anyone, which is hilarious. You know, he talks about, and I may have eaten their brains as he's like crying on the phone. <laughs> oh, that was right. Yeah, that is funny. The ending is actually pretty funny. I'm like, that's out of nowhere. He's not a cannibal. No, he's not. Um, you know, my understanding is Whitney Houston and Huey Lewis both did neither agreed to allow their songs in the film because they did not want their music associated with the film. Well, Huey Lewis and the news is in there. I know. And they talk about, oh. he talks about Whitney Houston, but I think that was elite. Like, I think they got in trouble for that because he didn't <gasps> oh. give approval for it. They just went um, on. Yeah. And Leonardo DiCaprio was up for the role and Basically, he was told by someone in his life, like, you, this will ruin your career if you take this role. It wouldn't so, have ruined his career. Of course not. It was and a he, lot of fun. And the woman who said that is now Christian Bale's, I think, stepmother in real life, which is really funny. Oh, I've heard that Yeah, we, story. we've talked yeah. about that on our trivia before. But I think that if you look at the year... 2000 compared to 2021 for sure that's how much has changed because now a movie yes. like this coming out would be relatively like whatever oh yes you know especially but, with the true crime situation right. we, didn't, we didn't have that obsession then we didn't have netflix we didn't have people binge watching all this true crime so if you look at it for the time it came out mm-hmm. it was somewhat remarkable for its time it, it almost takes you back to like the 70s type of horror where it was just really a bloodbath ensues every five seconds and it's pretty raw. And the, you know, the eighties you had slashers in the nineties. They, they had a lot of, you know, teen horror and stuff, but this was like, I don't know. It was something unusual. It was unusual for, for the time. time. Right. So if you guys go out and watch it now or rewatch it, cause you haven't watched it in a while, I think what you'll find is that Christian Bale's performance is still, ridiculously silly and funny and um and sick in certain ways but also that we're sanitized it's sanitized to us now yeah whereas at the time it was pretty it was pretty crazy it made a splash you know not being a a great great movie but but it definitely made a splash and it had all those stars in it and everybody wanted to see it and it was a lot of fun and it made christian bale a, a very big star as i remember like that was just in my zeitgeist he might have been a big star prior but to me it was like he he became on my radar mm-hmm. not only because uh he was naked and such and very good looking he, he was, was naked a lot there was part of that yeah. because the character is incredibly vain so he's always like walking around half naked yeah and there's sex scenes and stuff um that are not sexy of course they're awful yeah but uh yeah so he was fa- he got famous for that as well mm-hmm. like who's the hottie kind right. of deal uh and also who's the super talented person and everyone thought he was american but he's really not and mm-hmm. you know because he's, he's always done a great american accent he's because he was so good but yeah patrick bateman i see him as a secondary psychopath i mean he's he's um with you know grandiose narcissism his narcissism being the center of if we're we're looking at this diagnostically yeah just having a discussion about this i would say that his primary diagnosis would be the the grandiose narcissism but then the secondary psychopathy which i think a lot of people maybe where they picked up the borderline is secondary psychopaths are more associated with 
the antisocial personality disorder, which is the impulsivity, the acting out, the, the, uh, they're less organized. I mean, he, he really, he's a mess. This is not a guy who's <laughs> strategic at all. I mean, he's an opportunist, right? If you think about a primary psychopath, um, they're, they're much more calculated and focused and he actually has, I think I have it in here. Um, his nervousness in certain scenes, the scene with Willem Dafoe, when he yeah. thinks he's getting found out, yeah. that is not typical of someone who's gen- like a, a genuine psychopath, No, right? That nervousness doesn't meet that. That nervousness meets more of the narcissism, but maybe the secondary psychopathy. So I think a lot of people don't realize that there's different types of psychopaths and they can still get nervous if it's going to ruin their... MO, mm-hmm. not necessarily because of his conscience or really think he's going to get caught. It's like it would just stop him from getting his needs met. Right. Like don't misinterpret the the sadness or anxiety or depression or what have you. Not that psychopaths right. can't be depressed, anxious, etc. They certainly can for different reasons. For different reasons. Right. It's like just And that's just, what I think we saw there. I think yep. he was like, if he figures me out right now, yeah. I can't continue this. Not Right. Not like, oh, I'm going to go to jail and there's going to be consequences. I don't think that was was on his mind. Right. I also, I also, I do believe like I was started, I sort of started in the beginning to say like the narcissistic crisis is like, it, it presents as if you and I are having a breakdown, just as if you and I are having a breakdown because of life circumstances, but it presents, but what it's, what's really happening inside is that the the shame is coming in and the, right. and the disillusionment of the whatever fantasy, whatever narcissistic fantasy they're living out in order to protect against shame. And so mm-hmm. the shame starts to come in and undeniably, and they're defending it off. And that's a really tough, uh, complicated, difficult struggle. And so it causes depression and anxiety. It causes him to, I mean, again, it's a satire, so it's over the top. But if we were just to take the emotion of it, it causes that breakdown yeah. of, I don't know who I am anymore. Oh, wait, there was never an M. I was never anybody. Right. Wait, was I never anybody? I'm not there. I don't exist. And so then I think, I, I sort of, I believe that the killing intensifies because of that, because it's like, I need to pr- prove I exist. I need to sure. keep proving that I, uh, that I exist, and I m- keep needing to make my mark on the world because because I I've, I'm starting to realize that I don't exist. And so I was reading an. In- it's interesting you say that. I was reading an article the other day about narcissism um, and preparing for this case. So I was just getting a little more in depth about some stuff, and they were saying how. Um, Oftentimes when we see that overt aggression, it's that manic defense is the only time they feel a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're in that depressive state, um, that's where they get closer to tapping into that true self and that shame. So only in that like overtly aggressive, even if they're covert and they're more of the victimized inverted narcissists, there's still a, a manic defense of like that hyper victimization, that reactivity only in those states do they really feel any sort of sense of it's not a real self, but yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever they can perceive as being a self because they don't have any frame of right. reference which, for what that is, which is why they're always dragging everyone into their emotional chaos. Well, yeah. And I think that, I mean, that's why 
it's possible that some of the motivations for that end up being things like, you know, um, destroying what others have. Mm -hmm. Um, They ruin every holiday. They ruin every vacation. Yeah. I mean, just in order to, you know, have company in the emptiness, have company in the lifelessness, and then also rob people of that so that there's not that, they need a mirror of lifelessness. Right. So if you've got a life... They're going to take it. <laughs> They're going to try to take it or at least make it, you know, less palatable, less interesting. They're going to try to ruin things. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to try to make things uncomfortable. Um, and of course, the nihilism. Yeah. <laughs> the nihilism that's happening for Patrick. Oh, God. I really did like the music, though. Phil Collins, Huey Lewis in the uh, news. And it's good. It's good movies. <laughs> like, hey. and, then, and then you have their dynamic, you know, his dynamic with Reese and the scene where he's breaking up with her. And she's like, we have too many. Sh- like, we share too many friends, Patrick. <laughs> she's hilarious. Wait a minute. Are you serious? No, she's great in it. She totally doesn't. She's like, are you having a bad day? Because he's like, I'm done. I mean, he's in this like, you know, very dramatic, like, I'm done. She doesn't know. even react. And she's just like, she's are so, you having a bad day? Because, yeah. I mean, we have too many friends. We have things on the calendar yeah. to go to. <laughs> yeah. And he, as he's drawing the woman that he like murdered. I know. Yeah. And I think that's probably where you're getting people's reactions, thinking it's like a borderline situation is because I think people just see that over emotional reactivity and they immediately go towards, yeah. you know, BPD. But obviously no. you have to just look. I, I get that and that and but but those things are done for humor's sake too oh in, for sure in this movie so you can't really like i don't take that into the diagnostic the, the wild mood swings is what makes me think like the the secondary psychopathy but also the drug use i mean <laughs> come on like this guy's like living off cocaine and cocaine. alcohol and of course he's gonna have mood swings he's never fucking sober exactly no for sure i mean he's he's definitely gonna have a difficult time because and then that just keeps getting worse and then the killing's getting worse and it's just hilarious because he ultimately confesses mm-hmm. on an answering machine in a delusion, in a in a in a drug induced mania. Absolutely. Because I can't even say he's manic because it's so many drugs. No, it's like, drugs. It's drugs. So like did he even really kill that homeless man was that even a real person well that's one of the questions that's one of the questions that sort of like comes up in american psycho trivia or whatever when you look at it online did that actually happen was it all a dream did he actually all not a dream but like was it psychosis drug induced psychosis that, that he didn't kill anyone because there's this one point where so he confesses all this on the phone or what have you on the answering machine and then the person that he confessed it to he confronts and the guy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I heard it. What a funny joke, et cetera. And then he's like, but what about so-and-so? Like, this guy's dead. And, the, and then the friend says, no, I just had lunch with him the other day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the Paul things. Paul Allen. Yeah, Paul Allen. That's why, one of, that's why one of the theories is like, it, none of it happened. Right. So. And that would also, like you were saying, you know, f- as a narcissist, it would make him very powerful and important if he was able to pull all that off and for somebody to look at him and go, uh, Patrick, that never, like he's alive. <laughs> it like sent him into, no, I, I did this. You but know? I am a psychopath. Yeah. And I did this remarkable work that now nobody's even wanting to arrest me for because it actually didn't happen. It like what a waste exist. of a psychosis. Yeah. Um, he, you know, it's it, Josh Lucas is a complete dick in this movie, which is hard because I really loved him in sweet home, Alabama, mm. but he, mm. man, the conversations that they, you can tell it's the eighties too. Not that this, these conversations don't happen anymore, but the, just the, that locker room talk. 
Oh God, those are hard to sit through. Oh, Wall Street, really? Wall Street, really money, conservative guys sitting around. This is how they. Yeah, you guys have you to know. understand. It's a satire about about how uh, misogyny talks to misogyny. Yep. <laughs> um, and not that those don't those conversations don't really happen. They, no, they, they do. absolutely do. It's just that uh, I guess in American culture, we've come become slightly more sensitive to having those conversations happen really regularly mm-hmm. on camera. Mm-hmm. If you notice, mm-hmm. like sometimes when we look at these older movies, um, some of the words they use and some of the conversations they have, and it, even in, in the guise of humor, because I mm-hmm. get that it's humor. Mm-hmm. I'm not offended. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know that that like, I'm just and it's, not offended. It's, it's almost done in a way that makes them look pathetic yeah too because exactly. it's so over the top exactly and thus yeah the, thus i think the satire for this movie it's one of the things that i do think succeeds like it's very definitely a satire i think i think it succeeds as a satire like it's 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 um congruent with that genre of satire like i would definitely say there's no point at which i took it seriously right <laughs> Which I think you and that and then what a satire is supposed to do, right, is com- is make a comment kind right. of on, on, and I think it very much does, and that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Like it makes a comment on Wall Street, yeah, you know, and on Wall Street, the men, stereotypical the stereotypes, the the misogyny, the 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 dark side of it, and I think it does it well enough that actual Wall Street people could laugh at themselves mm-hmm. in that. Um, and also ironically laugh at themselves like, oh, yeah. gosh, I've been a part of those conversations or whatever, you know. And I think Reese's character does that like the the um, the the wife or the the girlfriend that is definitely as narcissistic mm-hmm. as Patrick Bateman, not a killer that we know of, but definitely as narcissistic, mm-hmm. definitely in the relationship or how it looks, the image of it flirts with other men, all this other mm-hmm. stuff. Um, sleeps with other men, sleeps with other men does, but they're both in it kind of for the same reason, yeah. like how they look They're It's they're a financial close. arrangement. Right. And that yeah. they're the perfect looking couple. Mm-hmm. You know, and that no, we have all the same friends. That's why that's what makes that funny is the satire yeah. of like we can't we can't break this image. No, the image and then she just like dissolves into tears at the table. Yeah, as and, if, and it's not about like, him. Crocodile tears, <laughs> just like it's more so like her life's in shambles now because she has to. Yeah, it's like who will I take to the party or the benefit on Friday? Right. <laughs> it's more of the so it's a comment. It's a comment on that. It's a comment on like New York uh, life upper you know, East side kind of life. Yeah. It's that kind of comment. Yeah. And then obviously it's a satire on serial killers. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he dances and Oh God. does his whole thing. You know, this yeah. movie was into almost entirely shot in Toronto, Canada. It was. Yeah. And I remember the, or, so this would have shot in, you know, 98 or 99 if it was released in 2000. And I happened to be, working in Hollywood at that time. And I do remember that there was this shift of everybody going to Canada mm. during that. That was kind of, that was kind of the shift, the, okay. a major shift. Toronto for, was big for a while. It was. North Carolina was big for a while. Austin. And so now people do that just as de rigueur, like it happens yeah. all the time and yeah. they shoot all over the world. Yeah, but I at remember the time that. that was really, really unique. And I remember because a lot of the jobs that I was maybe wanting to go after 
you know, there was a little bit of a panic in the Hollywood um, workaday people like yeah. me, like just to it's have moving. jobs and aren't famous. <laughs> you know, you're just working a job. And it was like, oh, our jobs are going away. There was a little bit of a panic. And sure. of course, that didn't happen uh, for very long. But a lot of people like didn't have as many job opportunities for a mm-hmm. while because because productions were moving to Canada, et cetera. So when I saw that this wasn't almost shot entirely in Canada, I was like, oh, yes, that was the day. That was yeah. the time period where yeah. that was all happening. But, I mean, more power to them. They they offered tax breaks and different things mm-hmm. and cheaper stuff. And so go Canada, right? Yeah. Like they had to do and it. And Vancouver's become a really big spot now too. Now Vancouver, yeah. yeah. Well, it's a beautiful and, city. Yeah, I was going to say there's a lot of really great, you know, what do they call it, second unit stuff yeah they can go get all the external shots and Mm -hmm. stuff yeah i don't know this is this is uh it's not how he doesn't know who ted bundy is (laughs) one of the lines is who's ted bundy i thought that was a great joke but he i mean this is it's not a movie that i would watch like there's certain movies like this mm-hmm. that I would watch again and that I enjoy. I, I think when you say, said, you know, everything is so one dimensional, I think you kind of nailed it. Um, it. It is what it is, but it's not a movie that I would watch over. No. And you know what? I think we've said this before on some of these, you know, as we've been doing the, the kind of deep dives on one movie or, or not even that deep. Cause some of the movies aren't that deep like this one. But mm-hmm. uh, when we discuss just one movie, I have noticed overall, it's like, okay, I remember seeing this one, you know, there's a theme of us saying, I remember seeing this movie back in the day and I just watched it for this episode. And eh. yeah, <laughs> isn't that interesting? I'll tell you the one though, that we did um, a few weeks ago or a month ago now mm-hmm. um, that I, when I first saw it, I actually enjoyed it. This, this time better was Black Swan. Oh, there you go. Me too. Just actually. because I watched it so differently this time and saw the it, how much it was really about trauma. More you're than, more you're than, absolutely right. Yeah. That that is a shining example of one of the ones in the last few months that that was better this time around. Mm-hmm. I just I just enjoyed it more maybe because I do remember that was like really people were really critical of that movie when it first came out. I think it's because with Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis on it, I think they. For whatever, because they're both fantastic they in it are. too. I don't know why that was such a. I think she even a, got nominated. She did for it, yeah. And people were, were pissed really, off about that. Yeah, they were just pretty critical. But um, I am noted. So American Psycho, I would agree that some of these movies, in a way, it's like I want to look at them from this vantage point, from my vantage point now, and almost like put them to bed. <laughs> yeah. Like okay. I feel like I've seen this movie probably three, four times mm-hmm. over the 20 years or so. And unless somebody's popping it in because they want to watch it or whatever, I'm probably not going to visit it again. No. But I do think it's worth a watch. Mm-hmm. Well, so, he, like I said, he's great in it and she's great in it. Yeah. So those of you who may have listened to this whole episode now and, um, you know, are like, oh, I've never seen that movie or, oh, I should revisit that. I I would say do that for Mm -hmm. sure. Because if no other reason than to laugh at murder and, (laughs) and to see his performance in one of his, in one of Christian Bale's breakout performances. And I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. He's great. He was great. Batman too. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I liked him as Batman. I just like him in general. He's Bateman and then he's Batman. Oh, Hey. Yeah. And on that note, thank you so much for listening. (laughs) 
<laughs> She's like, we have to go now. Okay, bye. Exit stage left. Thank you so much for listening. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Terror Talk. Please check out our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.